0: to the gamers in come on in pull up a chair next to the fire it looks like you've had a long journey i'm your host Oslin, and joining me as always is my co-host ryan hello ryan
1: hello hello i am might... i it's it's the end of the year we've it done is. it <laughs> i can't <laughs> believe <made> it,
0: it.
1: <laughs> Ooh, oh man time sure has flown it feels like just yesterday it was january but really it wasn't that was a long time ago
0: yes 12 months ago <laughs>
1: Well, let's get down to the science. How many weeks is that? No, <laughs> I, I think in terms of video games, like I can't even remember anything I played in January. Like, where did you game of the year this week? And uh, I couldn't remember a single thing I played in January. I had to go back through my notes and, and check that out.
0: Oh, yeah. It. No, me too. I went back episode by episode to see what it was that I played. Um, yeah. But yeah, the Horizon Zero Dawn expansion or DLC, that was one thing we played back in January, which was amazing. Mm, um, yeah yeah i it was it was a fairly decent year in gaming to be honest um there were, i mean i i feel like it's going to be very hard for anything to really compete with 2017 because there were so many amazing offerings that came out that year not to say that stuff in 2018 wasn't great but it Mm -hmm. just it seemed like when i was going back through my notes from 2018 there seemed to be a lot more like smaller indie titles on my list like i was i was kind of amazed at the amount of like small kind of digestible things that I played I didn't play a whole lot of like the big huge so like I didn't play God of War or Assassin's Creed Odyssey or um I feel like there was another one that I didn't play uh of like the big ones
1: yeah but I, like Spider-Man Red Dead like they obviously we 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 touched on those over the last you know couple months but uh yeah like a, a big year for big games but no real no real like immense open world RPGs like uh, outside of Assassin's Creed Odyssey though like mm. you kind of I don't think anything really pops to mind. I know neither of us played Fallout 76 but um yeah it, it it's been a big it's been a big year. Well and, there was there
0: yeah. was Far Cry 5.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Ah man, I dabbled with that but it really did fall flat for me that one. Um but I am excited about that new one that's coming out.
0: The,
1: mm. uh, the new dawn it looks pretty yeah. pretty wild so i think i might <laughs> have to check that out
0: but yeah so that's what we're talking about today is our games of the year for 2018 and i mean at least the way that i approached it was mm-hmm. um kind of what grabbed me what was a, a new experience what was something a little bit different because i didn't really want to just count down you know assassin's creed odyssey rdr2 god of war spider-man you know call it a night it just like though like I didn't want to just go the triple A route I guess yeah so I mean I I think we're gonna have some interesting conversations here and I mm. I actually guessed it on uh, pixels yesterday so um if you guys aren't aware it's uh, Patrick Beja's show we did a game of the year yesterday too so my picks are the same but. There's two voices on the show versus five voices yeah. on the on Patrick's show, Pixels, yesterday. So I feel like I'll get to, to talk it out a little bit more. So I'm looking forward to going through the stuff with you too, Ryan. But sure. um, before we jump into our, our games of the year, our experiences of the year for uh, 2018, I wanted to remind everybody that you can still donate to Extra Life. So um, the Extra Life campaign is going to be available for the next 11 days. And uh, you can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018 and donate to anyone on our roster. All of the money goes to support the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. And Ryan is actually streaming tomorrow.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to be streaming tomorrow starting at 7 p.m. Eastern over at twitch.tv slash Ryan Murphy CA. going to be doing a holiday Extra Life party. Um, I, I had to do it for science. I tested a lot of things for tomorrow's stream including eggnog and candy cane ice cream it went very well uh mm. all of it was delicious including super mario odyssey <laughs> i unlocked the santa suit so we were ready to go and yeah looking forward to jumping into some holiday flavored games with anybody and everybody who wants to play and just kind of celebrate the beginning of uh the christmas break i'm off starting like after friday i'm done so we're we're bringing in some <laughs> vacay that's so what we're doing.
0: Awesome. It. So yeah, again, that's bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018. If you are interested in supporting the campaign, we have hit our goals, but they're arbitrary mm-hmm. goals. Kids always need more money. So if you do feel like you are in the giving spirit this holiday, again, bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018. So speaking of 2018, it's game of the year time. Yep. Yay.
1: Big fanfare. We'll, you know, we'll insert some some music and sounds Confetti. here.
0: You know
1: yeah something like that
0: there you go uh, perfect
1: now i don't have to edit it in i just did it exactly.
0: perfect. so uh so what i didn't necessarily put mine in any sort of order um i i just kind of picked my my i i would say like top five but even if you say top five it kind of like sounds like there's like an order but i picked my favorite five games of the year my favorite mm-hmm. five experiences and uh so Ryan, do you have any sort of like order to yours or are you in the same boat?
1: No, I, I put top five there, but really like this is the five experiences that really captured my attention, which was a hard thing to do this year. I, I felt like this year was was uh, a lot tougher to come by, you know, longer stretches of, of gaming time. Uh, and I think the ones we're going to talk about tonight for me are ones that I made made time for you know and mm-hmm. and also ones that I made time for and and was thoroughly surprised by and I think some of the ones we're going to talk about tonight like are, are no-brainers but some of them the the reason they surprised me I think uh, will well we've obviously talked about all these on the show before but so I might not surprise you but a lot of these <laughs> games for me were games that surprised me in that I didn't I thought I would play it be, you know get a taste and jump out and and some of these were uh, are are still clinging on so it's uh it's, this, it'll be a fun discussion for sure
0: I feel like we should just kind of start it off with mm-hmm. your the first thing on your list here because uh God of War is kind of the I don't want to say it like elephant in the room but I feel like if we if we put it off too long people will be like why are not you talking about <laughs> God of War because obviously God of War was the winner of uh, Game of the Year at the Video Game Awards that we covered uh with yeah. that last week the week before anyways uh yeah. it won game of the year it's on your list it's not on my list right but that's because i didn't actually play the game so obviously i'm not gonna put something on my list that i didn't play but i feel like um people who i've talked to who really enjoyed god of war and this is very anecdotal this is very much my experience have been fathers with sons (laughs) seem to freaking (laughs) love this game yeah i I guess (laughs) I don't want to kind of like go down the whole like representation like rabbit hole. But I feel like if you are a father with a son, it was a lot easier to um, get sucked in by the story of God of War. I think Mm -hmm. I feel like it was very appealing to that section of my friends anyways. (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
1: I I think that's that's fair. It is a story about a father and son. And and I mean, on top of that. It's a story about a character uh, who's been re- reborn but but has a past. So Kratos has existed for five other games before this and he was a specific type of character. He would you know hit smash and uh, mash a button on as many things as he could in his first five games and it was pretty much just a, a you know a teenagers kind of like vision of what you know the the gods you know olympus all that fun stuff what that was and then with this game comes this it's still kratos but he's tried to restart his his life he's got a son um but there's also the story of uh and again i i'm we don't want to get it we don't have to get into you know representation on that but i think there is a side to this story that not a lot of people talk about and that's you know a mother's love you know a companionship of 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 a partner you know there's there's more to it yes you are playing as kratos who is a male and he has a son who is a male but there's also this uh this character that you don't see but you feel her presence and that's you know that's the mother of the child that's the you know the Mm -hmm. the wife and she's not just the wife she has this strong presence in that she's more than you know just a you know, a mom and wife, they talk about her as a, you know, as a warrior, as a contributor, as this positive thing in both their lives, especially if you know the history, you know, of Kratos. And that's the biggest part about this is that this is all a God of War game. And if you've played any of the other God of War games, this would sound like bananas, you know, like if you you were playing God of War three and you were suddenly transported 2018 and someone sat down and said like, yeah, okay, so the the follow-up to God of War 3 is this. They'd be like, no, this is a different game. This is not God of War. There's no way Kratos would not be screaming at every moment. Like, It's just, that's what surprised me, is that uh, the game took, you know, these franchises, they always just do the same thing over and over. And then... This was them reinventing something that seemed to be stuck in a in a rut, like it was spinning mm. its tires, and they kind of so just that, upended
0: it. Is that why it makes your your top five then? Because it's, yeah, it's a departure from what the franchise would normally do.
1: Yeah, it, it's a huge departure, and honestly, I wouldn't have wanted to play a God of War four that was just a continuation of of the same old, same old. And and I think that. That's the reason it's on this list is that it was it was a huge surprise for me. I mean, I knew a little bit going in because I'd seen some of the trailers, but at the end of the day, like I didn't anticipate this story to be one of the best stories that I've experienced in video games this year. You know, um, I have not finished Red Dead Redemption Two. I hear the story is is a key component of that game, um, but I did finish God of War and I did put like forty hours into it. I did everything outside of killing all the ravens, because that's, that's (laughs) ludicrous. I'm not going to go around and pixel hunt for, for things. That's the only negative thing I can say about God of War is they have that stupid kill 18 of these in every region. Oh, by the way, we hid them. Have fun. (laughs) (laughs) But I think you should play it. I think you dig it. Like I think that the father son relationship, yes, allows some folks to get into it a little quicker than others, but I think the gameplay is solid You know, the, the, the North, um, the Norse mythology is solid and the characters are really good and it's on sale. So, uh, you can pick it up right now, I think on with PS plus for like 30 bucks and that's Canadian. Mm. So, um,
0: I can't remember if I still have, I'm sure I still have my, my PlayStation plus subscription. I think it's like an extra
1: couple bucks if you don't have PS plus, like maybe like 35, but again, that's Canadian. So it's probably like, I think it's $25 American. So it's. Mm. It's a really good game and it's a steal at that price. And uh, that's why it's on my top five.
0: Very cool. Well, you mentioned uh, the story as being a real highlight of Mm -hmm. God of War. And I feel like that's why the first entry on my list is Detroit become human, because I feel like Detroit become human had a. A very, very cool story. And the reason why it was so cool is because you had the flow charts at the end that showed you how in depth the story really was the fact that you could lose main characters right like in the middle of the story and this like the world just kept going. The story just kept going was um, something that not a lot of other games have really done narratively. So Detroit become human makes my list because it was also a game. I really couldn't put down. Mm -hmm. I played it over the course of like three days and I put like 10 hours in each day just because I was like, I want to see how this ends. I'm really interested in this. And, you know, you would try to make what you thought were the right decisions. And sometimes things just like turned on their heads and you were like, wait, what? Like, how did that happen? What did I miss? Like, what didn't I do? And it just felt like it it sounds funny thinking of it as like a futuristic game Mm
1: -hmm.
0: about like. robots (laughs) robots <laughs> but it felt realistic <laughs> you know like yeah it, it grounded like, um, gra- yeah grounded would be a good uh, probably a good word for it too but i just mean like in my day-to-day interactions like people don't necessarily always react the way that i think they're going to react or say what i think they're going to say and for in a lot of video games, especially things like um, Mass Effect where, you know, like they had the the Paragon and the whatever the opposite, what Renegade, I think, you know, mm-hmm. reactions and stuff and ways that you could go about conversations. But it was still fairly predictable and you knew like going through what way to probably do stuff. And I found that that's what I liked about Detroit is that as much as I thought I would be able to predict what was going to happen in the relationships that I was going to have. It never it never really played out 100% how I thought it was going to. So it kept me engaged. Mm. And then at the end of every episode, when I was actually able to see like how many other options there were and how many more things there were to find and experience, it really made me appreciate the choices that they made in their story design and mm. made me want to to go back and experience all those other potential branches to the story, which is something that normally like I I wouldn't really do like I wouldn't do a second playthrough just for the story. But this felt like you could have three, four, five playthroughs and have a different story every time, which I think is an incredible narrative feat.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to be, you know, perfectly open and honest. There's a there's a game on my list that uh, that I subbed in because Detroit was going to be on my list. And I I knew you were going to you're going to put on yours. So I was like, you know, I'll I'll sub it out. But uh, a great game. One uh, another one of those Again, another PlayStation game that I think there's going to be a bit of a trend here. Um, (laughs) Sony just killing it this year. I don't know what 2019 looks like for them, but 2018 was a a good spread. And Detroit was one of those games where I was like, no, this is, I'll get it. But I don't know if it's going to be something that's really going to click with me. I've never finished a Quantum Dream game uh and i think that's the the company it's like a david it's Mm -hmm. david cage is the director and a lot of people you know don't talk very highly about his writing they don't talk very highly about the themes he uses but this one to me it did it did click in a way that like the writing was was solid the themes were good and i wonder if maybe it's because it's a story being told about you know it's a story set in obviously detroit in the united states and I wonder if maybe like there's it's just a little too raw down there maybe that's why like the states you know some of our uh, American friends didn't enjoy it as much but I thought that it it still didn't go full you know uh full twenty eighteen you know like it's it kept to its own world but sort of borrowed from the real world you know like uh, the androids going to Canada where they, they are free, you know, uh, Russia and the states fighting over the north, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know the Arctic. And those sort of like futuristic things happening in the background were were good set piece uh, dressing for the game. But really, I don't know, did you actually do some digging? You, you said you were going to do some second playthroughs. I, I, for one, was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to have time. So I kind of looked at some of the, the bad endings. And I am even if I'm going for the bad ending, I find it very difficult to force myself to make the wrong choices, <laughs> knowing it's going to go to a bad ending. But I, I, so I YouTube some of them, some dark stuff happens in this game that I don't think either of us experienced. Uh, some really dark stuff.
0: Uh, did you nuke the city? Cause I totally nuked the city. No,
1: there's like, there's <laughs> was, like, uh,
0: my actual official like ending that I chose.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's like, like, Uh, I guess a bit of a spoiler here, but if you do really, really bad as the androids, um, bad in the, in that you fail, you actually get sent to like concentration camps and that's all I'll say super dark stuff. Um, but yeah, like the game goes places and I think my ending was fairly positive. I might've, I might've died, but like the person I was trying to save survived Mm. in Canada, But yeah, so there was a there was a a best ending that I missed, but I got the the good ending. But it was a well set up game, like for for a branching story path type game. I think they really nailed it with the branching paths and stuff. It felt like there were consequences to your choices, right?
0: It felt like there were consequences, and it felt like there were actual like there were just so many different potential ways that your story could go on the way to so many potentially different endings. And I feel like other narrative experiences wh- that we've had in the past have always pretty much ended up in the same place like mm-hmm. mass effect had three endings but they were all basically the same let's be yeah. honest like they weren't all that different and like but here like you said like there's like the androids can nuke the city the um the humans can win and send the androids to concentration camps you know the the androids can solve things peacefully the like it just it there's some something like seven different endings for one character and then there's like five different endings for another character and then there's Mm -hmm. another like five or six endings for the third character and just the fact that and and they all intertwine with each other because all the characters come together about two-thirds of the way through the story so you can actually like I don't know, just the complexity, the sheer complexity of the, the narrative of this game is is worth uh, a mention for uh, for top games of 2018, I think. Yeah,
1: like the game employs, a lot of story-based games employ like the diamond effect. Like it starts at one point, branches right. out, brings it all back. Detroit is more like a shotgun blast, you know. But,
0: but <laughs> I was going to say just a triangle. Like you all start in the same place and then you branch out into a bigger triangle room. Works. But yeah, that's a little <laughs> bit less graphic violent (laughs) violent yeah
1: sorry i I didn't really it's like yeah there's a spread there so triangle works yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) oh my god i don't even know how to segue from shotgun blasting triangles into spider-man but spider-man is your second
1: there are shotguns and there are triangles in spider-man so there you go (laughs) uh yeah great game again this is the only non-surprising one on on my list it did not surprise me that this game was going to be phenomenal because i kind of i kind of could feel it going in it was going to be special for for folks that really love spider-man video games and it nails the feel the story was also good to me like i felt like it was presenting that slice of spider-man like it was its own thing set eight years after he became Spider-Man. So there's no like origin story. There's no like ooh, growing I pains. I think that was a
0: really, really good choice for them yeah. narratively to stay away from the origin story because the origin story has been done in pop culture. So many, I feel like we've done it in movies three times now. It just like in in the yeah. last like 15 years, which is too, too much too many times.
1: Yeah. It's it's secondary only to how Bruce Wayne loses his parents, you know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and in this game, I feel like they they tell a compelling story. They introduce characters that have been in the spider-man lore in different ways so they give them you know uh, different origin stories and different relationships the
0: other thing is it very much kept you guessing because Mm -hmm. things that you thought that you knew from spider-man lore comics whatever were in a lot of cases flipped on their head in the spider-man video game which was a nice again a nice change it 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 breathed like fresh life into the spider-man franchise for me Mm. and because, I mean, I agree, like Spider-Man is, is definitely a game that should be entered into this conversation of, of our favorite games of this year. Because, I mean, the most telling thing for me mechanically was the fact that I didn't use fast travel in Spider-Man because mm-hmm. swinging through the city was so much fun. So I feel like there's never been another game that I have played where perversing the world was so engaging that I didn't use the uh, the fast travel system even in horizon zero dawn which was obviously my favorite game from last year and an experience that I thought was basically flawless even there I was using the fast travel system because I was like oh wait I just have to get over there oh man okay yeah craft craft my little my little food pack and then yeah bam fast travel go um so I mean even in a game that I loved as much as horizon and and had such an engaging world I still fast traveled. But yeah. I didn't. The only time I fast traveled in Spider-Man was to get the achievement. That's it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once
0: I figured out that riding the subway was the fast travel, then then I went and got my subway riding achievement and stopped trying to jump on trains when I saw them okay. going by and then dying to the walls when I ran into them.
1: Well, and the game just takes Spider-Man's charm and Peter Parker's charm and just puts it all over the game, like in the interactions with characters, the way you're swinging around town, interrupting, you know, crimes doing the story missions it always feels like peter this is peter this is a peter parker game this is a spider-man game and it's all over the place like there's no question there's that there's that charm and and uh, uniqueness to this this game and and the fact that it's been kept it's been keeping in our conversations for the last you know since launch basically with the with the DLC that they've been supporting it yeah. with has also been fantastic you know it's not i don't think there's DLC that comes out a month after the game that is like superb 100%. But if you're ex- giving me more of a really great game and it's and, and it's good stuff, like I'm happy with that. And and the Spider-Man DLC has been good. I know the the last episode of City That Never Sleeps is out tomorrow, I think. And I'm like I've already got my PlayStation 4 in rest mode. Uh they just added the Raimi suit from Spider-Man 2002. That's a mm. whole thing we won't get into, but uh, yeah, all set up and ready to go for that DLC when it comes out uh, tomorrow. It, fantastic game. And again, another one, uh, PlayStation, also on sale. I think Detroit is also on sale right now. So if There's you, a lot of
0: stuff on sale right yeah, now. Yeah,
1: b- basically every game I think we're going to talk about, except for the ones that are free, <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> they are on sale. So you should go buy them if you haven't played them yet, and they, and they sound appealing to you for sure.
0: So yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Spider-Man, really, mm-hmm. really, really good experience overall and definitely worthy of favorite experiences for 2018. Uh, unfortunately, I never did finish the story. I really should go back. I just got distracted with other stuff. But uh, I mean, like, I, I basically, like, I mean, Shadow of the Tomb Raider came out right around that time, which mm-hmm. surprisingly, Shadow of the Tomb Raider and then that kind of rolled right into RDR2. Neither one of those are on either of our lists, which I feel like is, is almost like, just worthy of talking about in and of itself because I feel like um, they were two huge titles in 2018 and um, for me with RDR2 I just fell off after Mm. like I finished the second chapter and it took me so long to get through that second chapter that I kind of like finished it and went okay here's a good stopping (laughs) spot and then I never picked it up again. Um, for, for whatever reason, like I, I enjoyed the world of RDR2 just fine, but it, uh, it didn't really grab me. And then I found out a plot point from a little bit later on and I was kind of like, oh, well, that's kind of a, a bummer. Like, I don't, I don't know if I actually really like want to play this Hmm. now. So, um, but I mean, RDR2 was a very realistic world. It was a huge, huge world. And Hmm. the parts of the story that I did experience were very good. So I think... It's one that probably is near the top of quite a lot of people's lists. Um, it just wasn't really my jam. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of feel similarly about Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Like, I really enjoyed Shadow of the Tomb Raider because it was more Tomb Raider. And I really like the story. But because it was more Tomb Raider, I kind of was like, well, it almost doesn't feel like a 2018 game because it just feels like almost like an expansion or continuation of what we got earlier on. Yeah. So... Uh, Like, it didn't pop into my head as something I should include from 2018 because it just didn't feel like it stood out enough, I guess. But that being said, like, Tomb Raider is a great base to build a story on top of. So, like, why would you try to change something if you've already got something great? So, again, I think Shadow of the Tomb Raider definitely worth mentioning because it Mm -hmm. was a really cool twist on on the Lara story. Just the idea of, like, her starting the apocalypse instead of, you know, trying yeah. to save the world. Like, <laughs> they, they were
1: exploring that aspect of, like, you're raiding tombs. Is that a more morally questionable thing you should yeah. be doing? Like, it, it's and, it, and it, it plays with that theme throughout the game. But uh, it's still it still ends with you raiding tombs. And and well, I mean, it saving the world because this is all a prequel to the first tomb raider and spoiler alert the world does not end and (laughs) you know shadow the tomb raider didn't make it on my list because i did play all the way through it i did enjoy it but you're right there was something about it that just you know all of it felt service like it was okay you know the the gameplay was fun but felt very much like rise if not maybe a bit of a step back with the the combat felt a little Mm. little clunky to me but uh the story also wasn't it wasn't as good as the other ones. I thought Rise was a really good story. I thought the first Tomb Raider reboot was a really good story. And this one kind of, like, the motives were all over the place. But mm. but the core concept of causing this destruction through Tomb Raiding and having to deal with the consequences. The
0: consequences, of, yeah.
1: That was cool, but they didn't do enough with it. It just, mm-hmm. the the bad guy was just a villain, a comic book villain, you know. But not a not the good ones we get today, but, like, the maniacal ones that twist their like mustaches. Like
0: the old school, yeah. Yeah,
1: and that was my problem with it. And then with Red Dead Redemption 2, like I I almost put it on my list, but I, I haven't, and this is going to sound like I'm excusing it, but I haven't played enough of it to experience what everyone's talking about from the story perspective. I'm in chapter four, and so far it's been fun. It's a great world. It's a big world. Uh, but there's just... I haven't hit that point where I'm like oh my gosh best story of 2018 and a lot of people are saying that um but I'm not there yet like it is a journey well, I, for. I feel
0: like if it's if it's the the best story of 2018 and you're on chapter four of nine mm. then it should have grabbed you and it should have you know like the best story of 2018 shouldn't mm. be just like um the end <laughs> yeah exactly i was gonna say yeah described by the final chapter i think i don't know
1: the journey of arthur morgan is an interesting one and that it's 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 a journey of like this guy who all he knows is to do what he's doing but he's starting to kind of question like the world is changing right and and you see that but it's it's a slow change but i think that's probably what happened and that's what they're trying to show Mm -hmm. is that these people live these lives for as long as they could and before they knew it they were they were surrounded by civilization and suddenly they weren't they weren't they're you know killing and robbing people oh just you know suddenly became this terrible thing to do it's like the game is a little bit like you know smack you over the head kind of weird like that and that like these these characters are like we live free but we also like kill a bunch of people and rob innocent folks you know and it's like guys you're the you're you're the bad guys I hate to. There are worse people than you, but I hate to break it to you. Like,
0: yeah, you're not exactly the good guys.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So, yeah, so I, yeah. like, I, I just wanted to to mention those two titles because mm-hmm. I know that they're probably things that people are are thinking like, oh, why aren't they on your list? So that's, they're around there. It's not that we forgot about them. They're <laughs> just yeah, they're just kind of off enough that uh, yeah, they didn't they didn't make our top fives. But um, one that did make my top five, um was Overcooked 2. And mm. this game made my list because it was probably the most fun that I've had in a multiplayer environment in 2018. So mm. just um, the amount of absolutely crazy moments, <laughs> like playing with people uh with Josh specifically on, on voice chat, it just I have not laughed that hard in forever. Like my stomach hurt. I was laughing so much. <laughs> I literally couldn't do anything. And it um apparently an overcooked, which I I didn't play but apparently an overcooked, you could actually um you couldn't throw the food. You could like use your momentum and drop it and it would keep going a little uh-huh. bit, but actually adding the throwing of the food and overcooked too made for a lot of really interesting level design. Right and a lot of cool problems to potentially try to solve so i found that it was very challenging and kind of um hectic in a good way Mm -hmm. and like i said it was like the best multiplayer experience that i've had it was so much fun so yeah the four player co-op right Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's up to four players. So you mm-hmm. can play with um with you can play by yourself or up to up to four players. And you can play online, too, which is obviously how I played with Josh. So that was really good because then, you know, like you've got a really cool couch co-op type feel, even though, you know, I'm up here and he's down in the States. So it was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I think we actually streamed it, too. I think we played a
1: we played a game night with a three yeah. or three or four. I think it was the three of us we played. And, and yeah. honestly, the game you're right. Like the first Overcooked didn't have online multiplayer. That was the main reason yeah. I kind of stayed away from it. Cause you know, I don't have folks to play here on the couch. Yeah. But with Overcooked 2, it, it works. So I remember people were saying like, no, the first one's better play couch co-op, but Overcooked 2 works so well. If you're just in discord and you're playing, it yep. works and you're like coordinating, you're tossing food back and forth. And it's just the hilarious moments of like, tossing food and like all of a sudden like oh no i i threw it and you didn't catch it and then it went overboard or you know you you threw it in the garbage instead of putting it in the in the pot for cooking and like just like a game that sets up these weird moments where you're just bound for failure but that's the best part in that like there's the fun that comes out of, of just messing up royally you know and they've already put game,
0: out uh, they've already put out free DLC too. So uh-huh. um there's there's more stuff to do in Overcooked 2 now and and like I said it's free. So um I I really can't recommend it enough. It was a super fun game. And like I said, I played a lot of um kind of shorter, smaller experiences mm-hmm. this year and uh Overcooked 2 was one of those. It was actually kind of hard to pick between a lot of these uh a lot of the like smaller experiences I had this year. They were really really there was some really good stuff that came out this year. Um including another one of the the kind of like smaller indie type experiences, which was Frostpunk. Mm-hmm. So this one, I, I talked about it, I, I guess, it probably like six months ago or so. I think it came out. And this is the one that was the um, alternate 1886 after Krokatoa erupted. And in the video game, the alternate, I guess, pass is that um, it basically erupted and caused a volcanic winter. So the entire planet essentially freezes because all the ash up in the air, it, blocks out the sun so you have to with the final remains of civilization from London go north and try to find coal stores that the government Mm. set up and you have to try to basically restart civilization so you're given a coal generator and a small group of people and you have to build a city and there's you know a time factor a day night cycle as well as a uh, temperature and then there's also the the four different modes Three of which launched with the game. One of which has been, uh, again, free DLC as another scenario, another way to play. So it's, um, I mean, Frostpunk. I had so much fun in. I found it. Um, I found it challenging, mm-hmm. but not punishing, which I really like. So I felt like I was able to learn and do better over and over. And I didn't even after like I failed. I never felt bad, like restarting a city. I never felt bored or like, oh, man, I have to do my first 10 days again. Oh, this sucks. It's like I felt mm-hmm. like each time I went back to it, it was as engaging, if not more so, because I was like, OK, I know, you know, 10 days from now, it's going to drop by 10 degrees and I need to make sure that I've got all this stuff before then. And, you know, it was almost um, like a roguelike city builder, I guess. Like. Oh. <laughs> that's hmm. well it like it isn't actually there's no, no like roguelikeness to it there's but no it's progression like, no there's no progression or anything but it's just like the more that i learned then when my city failed i could go back start over and do better so it's not actually like roguelike roguelike but that's kind of the feel that i got because it's like every time i went through i learned something new and then took that back with me to the start again
1: yeah, this and uh, another one on your list of from an indie perspective were, were two games that I I, I wish I had, had had a chance to play for, for this year. And I, and I hope to play Frostpunk. Um, I'm eyeing it for the Steam sale and, and I think that it might be the time to buy it. I know they've been adding a lot of free content to it. And I just dug the look and feel of it. Like the fact that it's...
0: Yeah, it's super steampunky.
1: Yeah, super steampunky. It's like this northern wasteland. And it's just, it's it's the right vibe for me. I know a lot of people were saying that it might be a little depressing, but like at the end of the day, like it's yeah. the concept's really cool.
0: And I don't necessarily understand why people see it as depressing. I guess mm. maybe I'm just a, a rose-colored glasses, like glass half full kind of a person. Right. But... I looked at it as like an I'm starting a new civilization and this is hopeful. But I think a lot of people looked at it as like, but you have to have child labor. I'm like, well, you don't like you chose to have child labor. <laughs> you're so the like,
1: monster, not the game. Yeah, you're,
0: you're the monster. This isn't is the <laughs> game's fault. Exactly. I think it's, it's like because. There are actually ways that you can, yeah. you know, not feed people sawdust.
1: <laughs> oh, OK. Well, I, I, I was just going to before you said that, I was going to say and maybe before you said the child labor thing, I was going to say that maybe the reason we're so cool with it is because we do live in like a winter wasteland and like sometimes (laughs) it feels like in in mid January it's like, okay, like we got to find a way to, to get this dumpster fire working or the furnace working a little better. I don't have a dumpster fire in my house, Uh, (laughs) but I hear they're nice and warm. Um, I I think that uh, I think the game looks really cool. Like from a, from an art perspective and i'm trying you know i really like the the team behind the game uh they're the they're the team that made um this war of mine which is like a uh mm-hmm. sort of like a, a civ- uh civil civilians living in war you know kind of simulator yeah. and it was very dark and and very depressing um and they kind of took that and they have turned it and they made this Frostpunk game and um yeah, I think I'm going to check it out. I, I'm looking for, you know, an experience I can play on my PC for uh, the holidays. And I think Frostpunk might be might be it. just something passive, something I can I can do while, you know, having you know, just just relaxing as opposed to something more of an active game, because it's a it's a turn based click and management type game, right?
0: Yeah, it's like it's a it's a survival city builder, basically. Right. So um, like things do, you can slow down and speed up time and. You place buildings in and the reason I thought it was really cool is that it you're building your city in a circular pattern, which is Mm -hmm. something that I've never had to do before, because you're basically um, starting with a generator in the middle and then working your way out from that so like the rings get larger and larger and larger but since they're farther away from the generator it's harder to get them heat and power and things like that so um it was it was an interesting twist on a city building genre so um that's yeah that's why it uh, it made my list for this year um and you mentioned another indie title on my list and that you wish you had more time to play it and i absolutely like if if i had to put something at the very top of my list it would probably be this one um Hmm. subnautica was amazing i still haven't finished my playthrough completely but the just absolute beauty of this game and the idea that it was like i guess like three-dimensional in a way like i know i know most video games now are three-dimensional but just the the sense of like anxiety that i got because you could have like you were underwater so it's like you had a lot of you had to keep your like air intake like in mind and so you had to think of like even the distance from you to the surface was you know a potential hazard and then there were obviously sharks that could come from any direction and then you know it just like all of these different potential um hazards and things in this fully three dimensional like you had you had the ability to move up and down instead of just like the four directions really made for an interesting space to move around in and especially in a game where you're doing a survival type thing which normally is not my jam but i felt like subnautica had just enough story in it to keep me interested and to keep Hmm. pushing me away from you know the safety of my of my pod um sorry thrall is (laughs) is like (laughs) trying to bat at my face right now you're being adorable but i'm busy um sorry poor thrall (laughs) i know he's like i just want to play and i'm like but your claws are hurting me um (laughs) so he uh anyways yeah so uh my point is you like the whole idea of you know scavenging after after crash landing on this like water planet and you know Getting more and more comfortable moving just a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further Mm -hmm. from your like the safety of your escape pod. And then eventually how that morphs into the exploration and survival and and you building an underwater like um, habitat. That was another really cool twist because then you're dealing with things like making sure that you have enough air in your underwater habitat and that you're upkeeping it and making sure that it's not springing leaks because turns out that's bad (laughs) so it just um it was such an amazing experience and such a fun experience for me that if i had to pick a a top top Mm -hmm. then subnautica would definitely be it
1: yeah i i can't remember i think i jumped into it but i can't remember how or or why because i don't own the game uh, it might have been a demo or a trial or something. I
0: I think they had like a, because it a was in early maybe? access. Yeah, it was in early access for quite yeah. a long time before it actually was released. So that's why it's on my list for this year because its actual release was, I believe, back in March of this right. year. So yeah, and um, it's uh, yeah, it's free, free right
1: list. now on yeah. the Epic Game Store, which is where I did end up picking it up. And I, and I do plan to check it out. I can't Be- believe it's
0: free. Like, yeah, you know,
1: it's uh, it's pretty wild but uh, but yeah
0: so uh so subnautica i i streamed the majority of my playthrough um i'm gonna go back and and finish it but like i said the story was was compelling enough but not like super in your face you didn't feel like you were on rails it just Mm -hmm. it felt really organic and natural with the the evolution of like just as i was starting to get tired of the area that i was in it would be like oh you've gone far enough now you can like pick up this new radio signal and and stuff like that. So it's like it's Hmm. almost like the game developers just knew when I would start to get tired of something. And then they were like, okay, well, let's go (laughs) like (laughs) here's something for you to do now. We know that you've you know seen all there is to see in this spot. So it's about time that you went over to this new spot. So it was it was a nice directed take on the survival genre because I don't normally like survival games like just. Going into a sandbox to to build and and survive has never been my jam, but there was just enough sprinkling of story in Subnautica plus beautiful. It's beyond gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely worth picking up. And like Ryan said, it's free on the Epic Game Store. It's um, as far as I know on sale on Steam, but mm-hmm. uh, free on the Epic Game Store for another couple days. So if you guys haven't picked it up, then please please go and try it because yeah. even if it's not your jam you should uh, you should give it a try and you can also do it in um, a mode where you don't have to worry about food and water so it's more of like an exploration story based mode Um, that then you don't have to worry about things because I remember like that's the mode that I played through in was the don't worry about food and water mode because uh, the chat room was like yeah no if you don't like survival games and this is your first playthrough and you just want to see what the game is like just forget about food and water and i was like okay and then so i like i had all this like fish and stuff in my bags and i was like what do i even use this for like why is it and then it's like, oh wait because in other modes i would be hungry right now and i'd yeah. have to cook the fish so okay that makes sense <laughs>
1: uh, i uh I, a couple things about this one is that uh, there's a vr mode and i kind of want to try yes. it in vr just to see what that's like but uh
0: I way. don't think I could do that because no. there were t- like I was even afraid to like jump into it took me like a solid hour to actually like leave my the safety of my pod because I just like <laughs> being in the water. I was like, I'm going to get eaten. I'm going to be get eaten like no, no, no. Depth like totally destroyed my ability to play underwater video games. <laughs> and there's
1: sharks in this one, is there not? There
0: are sharks. Yes. Okay. Alien yeah. sharks.
1: Uh, yeah. The other thing is, I-, I guess there's an expansion coming out next year, which is like a frozen type thing like not the cartoon frozen but like frostbump frozen (laughs) (laughs) it's just a bunch of let it go musicals and
0: (laughs) for subnautica yeah yeah oh cool yeah very cool so what about you ryan because i know i just i did like three in a row there yeah but they all they all seem to kind of lead into each other but no uh, it's true you've got some newer titles too on your list here
1: yeah so i mean this should come as no surprise it's the it's the sole and uh switch game on my list I almost said nintendo game and that's not true but uh super smash brothers ultimate huge huge fan of super smash brothers and the reason this one's surprising to me it surprised me is that i i usually pick up the smash brothers game and it's a long haul You're buying this game once. Yeah, I'm surprised
0: that you even felt that you played enough to like put it on your list because this just came out.
1: (laughs) I put so this is going to be wild. I was looking at the time. I've already put like 15 to 20 hours in uh since
0: launch a lot yeah Yeah. given your like given your normal gaming schedule that's a ton of time for you
1: i've been uh and i don't know whether this is a a good thing or a bad thing it's probably a bad thing but i'm gonna say it a lot anyways is uh since it's on the switch basically i've I've been bringing it uh into you know into work and then at lunch i'll like drive around to go get a coffee or something at lunch on my lunch hour just want to make sure everybody understands that (laughs) lunch hour Driving, you know, down to get a coffee so that my car heats up just enough so that I can park at the <laughs> at the park in the parking lot and play Smash Brothers in the car before it gets too cold in the car because it is winter here, right? Yes, you it know? is winter. So uh, it's quite cold outside. So I'm playing in my car and I'm like I'm playing a little mini game of Frostpunk in my car. Except I'm not lighting like fires or anything. I'm just trying to try to keep the heat going trying to
0: keep warm yeah you know,
1: and being environmentally cautious cautious I'm not like leaving my car on for an hour while I'm <laughs> playing the switch but no, I've I've been getting like you know half hour a lot of like half hour here half hour there thanks to the switch and I've had no problem playing this in in handheld mode and uh, the fact that they have all these different kinds of modes that I can jump into to progress the the game has also been this this great you know boon for the game. I know a lot of folks say they're really un- upset that they have to unlock the whole roster, but to me, that's been the driving force for me to keep playing is to unlock that mm. roster slowly cuz could you imagine if you had 74 fighters to choose from right from the get-go, you'd be you your eyes that's would a little just be
0: overwhelming. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I've uh I've been really enjoying totally, the progression.
0: By the way, totally not the worst thing that I thought I thought you were going to say something along the lines of like You'd had the switch and be like, "Oh yeah, honey, I'll totally watch the kids," and then you're just playing Smash Bros. or something <laughs> while the kids are like tearing up the house. <laughs> and you're just like, "No, keep it down, kids. Daddy's playing Smash Bros." <laughs> no,
1: no, no, uh, no. Yeah, I, so it could have
0: been. It could have been so much worse. It, it could have been worse. I,
1: I think really, it's the it's the it, you know, I did, it's not like I'm driving around town just to get the car warm. Like I, I'm at least going somewhere that I was that I needed to drive to. Like I, I just wanted to make sure people understood it was it was my lunch hour. <laughs> uh so i i've been really really digging that game and i've just been i've been basically playing a little bit every night and and i was really thinking smash brothers would be, be this game that sits there and and i play every once in a while when we have we have friends over uh but i've, I've really been digging the the single player progression so I, I'm, I'm gonna keep playing it and you know that's kind of why it's on this list it is it is my favorite nintendo game that's come out this year and but it's also like it's keeping me busy which is surprising
0: yeah i was actually looking at my list and i didn't play a whole bunch of stuff. i mean i played overcooked 2 on the switch but mm-hmm. it's not actually a switch game like it's cross-platform so there were, like i could have played it other places then there was mario party but outside of, oh and i guess technically uh super smash brothers as well but i am not good at it and don't really enjoy it so um like yeah only three nintendo titles on my just list of games that i played this year which is uh which is really weird so I guess um well I played Xenoblade Chronicles 2 as well but I think that came out right at the very end of last year. I think technically it was like a December 15th or something title from last year. So um but yeah, I didn't I didn't actually do a whole lot with the with the Switch this year, no. which was kind of surprising. It was a it was a
1: it wasn't a big year cuz I went through my list and a lot of the list was like DLC for games that came out yeah. last year like the octo expansion for splatoon 2 and the donkey kong expansion for mario uh, plus rabbits but like in terms of releases you had pokemon uh you had mario party oh
0: right which i didn't play yeah yeah
1: i, I really dug pokemon but it, d- it didn't quite cut the list uh it didn't make the list but uh yeah like a lot of like second this was like the off year but kind of the smash year for for switch mm-hmm. and then next year i think is going to be a big year for the other titles. Like there isn't like a big, huge one coming out. There's a lot of, you know, secondary titles. I think, you know, Animal Crossing, Metroid, Bayonetta, stuff like that, where they're going to have more of a, you know, uh, every other two or three months kind of thing, as opposed to this year, where it was like one big release, but a lot of smaller, you know, niche audience releases. So um, yeah, for sure. It's not a, it's not as big a year as the year before with the Mm -hmm. Switch.
0: So our last two games, um, actually, it's, it's kind of interesting because both you and I picked games that we did podcasts about. Mm-hmm. So I know uh, I'll, I'll let you go first, Ryan, because I do want you mentioned that it wasn't your only. Oh, shoot. We totally I totally skipped over Assassin's Creed. I am so sorry. Ryan. No, no, talk no. about Assassin's Creed before before we go talk about the other two. Yeah, like quickly,
1: like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And, and I think the reason we almost skipped it is I don't think I talked about it on the show. I think maybe once, but I can't really remember. I picked this one up not too long ago, about less than a month ago. And I wasn't sure about it since Origins I really couldn't get into. There was something about it that just wasn't working for me. It was the character. It was the setting. It was the quest setup. Something. The combat. Just all wasn't clicking but then, you know, people are talking about, oh, you can pick a, a female protagonist or a male protagonist, and you can, uh, it's greased, it's colorful, the characters are vibrant. I'm like, all right, fine, I'll check it out. So I picked it up, and I started playing as Cassandra, uh, which and
0: i've heard she's the better of the two
1: she is i mean
0: like because i've heard it actually also makes a difference like mm-hmm. which character that you picked like if there's different story beats and stuff so i've heard that her story is more engaging
1: well we talk about you know representation in video games and like god of war spider-man even detroit i think is two thirds you know male man, yeah, main characters. yeah yeah two
0: of the main characters are male and there's one female yeah
1: and I like to have different main characters, and it's it's just it's nice to be able to play as a female protagonist every once in a while. It gives you a different perspective. Characters interact with you differently. You just you get to tell a different story from a different perspective, uh, or in in Assassin's Creed's uh, case, the same story from a different perspective because it is you choose either Alexios or Cassandra, you get the same story, but characters will treat you differently. Uh, and interact with you differently based on who you choose and how you act because there's dialogue options in this one uh the combat felt snappier there's boat combat which is actually a lot of fun uh i think we talked about that and that it was the last time was in uh Oh. Yeah, we
0: were trying to figure out when the last time was that they had ship combat. And, and then it was, someone we corrected it us was, in Discord. Yeah, we thought it was uh, Black Flag, but apparently there was Assassin's Creed Rogue that also had it that came out after Black Flag, but is a game that I don't even remember ever existing. So yeah, it
1: was one of those ones <laughs> not that,
0: that I you're lying, but
1: no, 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 it's uh, it definitely was
0: not on my radar at all.
1: Yeah, but I, I really I'm really liking Assassin's Creed odyssey and i think that if you get a chance to pick it up while it's on sale uh you you might dig it because i i also really like the way they've set up the world and that you know sparta and athens is at war and you have the ability to you know interact with that war going on around you by you know reducing the power that one side holds over another in a certain area of the map and you do that by just progressing, doing. So normally, if you're in an open world, it's like I don't know, kill five guys, and you know, kill this other guy who has a you know a gold bar around his nameplate. And usually that gives you extra XP. But in this case, it gives you you know all that stuff. Plus, it degrades their sort of uh, their war power in that area. And and the story is really good too, because yeah, I mean, unlike Origins, where it kind of starts with. I think a murder and a betrayal, and it just—it's kind of muddy. In this one, mm. they tell this very 300-esque story, and they set up the characters in an interesting way. And you're kind of, you're kind of cast aside, and you're, and then it fast forwards, and you're this mercenary, and you're doing work for this guy who's been a friend to you for a very long time, like a father figure, and. The dialogue options are all really good and the character interaction. So I'm I'm really liking Assassin's Creed Odyssey and, and a big surprise because Origins just was not my jam for sure.
0: Yeah, me either. I'm just I'm looking at the at Assassin's Creed now, um, mm-hmm. just the, the system. And apparently in 2013 was Black Flag, 2014 was both Assassin's Creed Rogue and assassin's creed unity so uh rogue did come out on the older systems unity came out on the new systems and unity was the one in france and i did play i played unity i played syndicate i played black flag but somehow i just i i totally and completely missed rogue so yeah um and i'm thinking of it now isn't rogue the one that was like um Oh, I feel like wasn't there some sort of um, DLC or something that came out for it that had like the um, there was a female character you could play as. Oh, uh, um,
1: well, Liberation was a PSP game that got or a PS Vita game that got an HD re-release and you played as a as a female assassin.
0: mm, Um, Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, I don't know why. Like Rogue just. Well, not on my radar at all <laughs> it was
1: overshadowed by unity but in a ba- like unity came out it was like their first shot at, at, at the next gen systems with the assassin's creed franchise but it just it was it came in hot like it was not mm. a good game it had bugs and then rogue was sort of their offering of like hey this is it kind of felt like the b game even though it was mm. it was it was much better received because it was built on old tech it was built on reliable engine and it ran smoothly it was telling the story of i'm pretty sure you were playing as a templar instead of an assassin and it was related Mm. to assassin's creed 3 it was part of that that trilogy and that like three four and rogue were all connected in some way with the main character Hmm. um so yeah
0: interesting that, I've We I, I got a little bit off track there, but I feel like maybe I should go and see if I can't find a copy of Rogue and just give it a try, because um, a lot of people in our Discord were saying how it was such a great offering. But Odyssey too, I have heard, because I think we both got burned by Origins, it just mm-hmm. wasn't, neither one of us really enjoyed it. Um, but I've heard so, so many good things about Odyssey, and a lot of people who even said, like, really didn't like Origins, but Odyssey is different, Odyssey is better and, and worth a, a playthrough. I think for me... Yeah. Again, like I said, I, I played a lot of um, smaller experiences this year and I feel like that's also part of what's kept me at arm's length from some of these titles, the like God of Wars, the Odysseys of the World this this year, because mm. I just haven't had a lot of time like our raid team uh there was obviously battle for azeroth came out our raid team was like okay we're gonna take things super serious this time we're gonna see if we can't get like server first kills and heroic and stuff so oh, it was yeah. very much like our our raid team went super hardcore and so it took up a lot of time like not in a bad way just no it, it, it was an investment. It was yeah exactly and uh it was the same like with Hearthstone like I wanted to take things a little bit more seriously in Hearthstone I started working for Dreamhack so I was very thrown into those things so my actual gaming time outside of those two titles uh, was it was quite limited so I was very cautious when it came to investing a lot of time in some of these like bigger things. like I knew like I was looking at with Assassin's Creed Odyssey like 50 to 100 hours of gameplay I'm like you know I would to time for that like when am I going to do this yeah <laughs> so uh so yeah i kind of stayed away from it but you're right like with all the sales going on right now there's probably a lot of titles that i could pick up that i might actually spend some time in and odyssey seems like it it is very widely um the opinion the popular opinion is greed odyssey is much better than Origins, mm. so i'll have to give it a shot it's a more um,
1: refined version of origins with a yeah. better setting and better characters in my in my opinion
0: okay. yeah uh so that does bring us now to our final two Mm -hmm. which like i like i alluded to earlier both of us have done shows about these games this year and uh ryan so yours um wasn't actually released this year so explain why it's in your 2018 games
1: so i threw uh fire emblem heroes in here because i felt like it was a it was a big year for me and this game and then uh summoner's call was started this year uh, a podcast I do, a, a TGI presents podcast I do with Eddie, uh, good friend of of mine, and we 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 talk about Fire Emblem Heroes each week. And and honestly, it's the first time I've taken a live game this seriously. So it's a game that is constantly evolving. Um, each year they they release like a whole new update. You know uh, that that kicks off. You know uh, a monthly update each each go where they add new features and content, and there's new characters and. It's just, and I also love Fire Emblem and the Nintendo franchise as a whole. So it's, it made sense to put it on here because it, it's a game I li- I literally play every day. Like I, I boot it up in the morning. Uh, I get told to put my phone away and then, uh, you know, and that's sort of the, the routine I have. Uh, and it's one of those things where the game just, it's constantly, at, and I'm looking forward to the updates. They just unveiled, yeah. you know, they just released Book Three, which is the the big 3.0 update. And then they have the Christmas characters that come out, where they're where they're your favorite Fire Emblem characters, but they're you know in a <laughs> With way a holiday. less
0: clothes. <laughs>
1: well, this time actually, that uh, <laughs> not so much. Uh, this Aww. time it's winter. Like a lot of people gave them crap last year because they literally re- re- released a you know a holiday a Christmas themed character that was in like a bikini and it's kind of like
0: that is impractical no
1: yeah exactly like i mean it would
0: be cold
1: and and even the argument is like well maybe she's uh maybe she's a hero in florida it's like but she's wearing this giant cape behind her so like if she's (laughs) in florida and that's the reason she's wearing a bikini the cape is gonna just make it even like the heat you're gonna get heat exhaustion it's like well it's a towel no it's not it's a cape um but yeah (laughs) That's why I threw it on here because I, I I felt like it's it's been a big part of my gaming experience in 2018 and and uh, special mention to it just just due to the fact that it's it's created this this show that we're now on like 40 some odd episodes over the last year and we're we're still going so uh, yeah Fire Emblem Heroes uh, and it, and if you do check <laughs> just it had out had to
0: yeah. throw in that we're still going jab <laughs> hey oh nice. I mean
1: it's a little easier as the game has literally there are there are weeks where there's nothing you know nothing of, of new newness to talk about but like that's few and far between it is a live game that is updated nigh weekly so uh, that's that's the only reason I say that.
0: <laughs> well my final game on the list if you guys haven't guessed already is Sea of Thieves and I know I know <laughs> what you're probably thinking why is this Dumpster fire on Jocelyn's list of games of the year. For oh, 2018. that's a bit
1: harsh, is it not?
0: Well, so Sea of thieves did not get the greatest reception when it launched. Rightly so. Because mm. what they launched with didn't meet fan expectations. A lot of the marketing around the game was that once you hit pirate legend, then there's going to be like, that's when the game begins. And then people hit pirate legend and there was like nothing there because people hit Pirate Legend much faster than the developers thought they were going to. So they got to this point and then there was nothing really to do. And the game just felt quite empty and it was a quite empty, very slow grind. Hmm. The only way that you could get reputation with the three factions, you had to try to get the three factions up to level 50. And the only way to do that was to get contracts with them or sometimes to find things in the world to turn into them, like to sell back to them. But generally it was the contracts, the things you had to do for them. And there were three different types. You had to, you know, go hunt down skeletons or you had to um, carry cargo or you had to uh, look at treasure maps and, and bring back treasure chests. And as fun as that gameplay loop was, it kind of fell off quite quickly and it wasn't fun without other people. So now, and the reason that I put it on the list is because I very much think it's worth a second look to anyone Mm -hmm. who played it on launch, was disappointed and never went back to it. It's changed quite a lot. I feel like if they launched Sea of Thieves in its current state back in March, or if they held off the launch until November, December, I very, very much feel like um, a lot of people would have looked at this game very differently because it does feel like a fully realized game now. They essentially took everything that they were planning on putting out for the game over the course of a couple of years and condensed it into eight months in order to get everything like to satisfy the community, get everything in the game that they wanted. Like they introduced an entirely different area. There's like five different types of big, large enemies now. Um, there's like the Kraken, the, the Megalodon, the giant sharks, there's like Hmm. mermaid stuff, there's, uh, skeleton ships and skeleton crews. And the thing that the, the, the reason that I put this on my list is actually the most recent update because they not only added fog to the game, which I think is really interesting because Hmm. since it's a PVP only game and because there's so many of these, uh, threats in the world now, The fact that they that all of a sudden you can be stuck in a fog bank and then so you have to navigate around rocks as well as try to steer clear of skeleton ships and everything. Like it just the addition of fog sounds like nothing major, but it really adds a whole nother level of um, excitement to the game, I guess, and to the navigation. So there's there's that. But the other thing that they did was they actually added in this update treasure from basically everything so Hmm. when like when i played i went back to the game a few months ago with josh and we killed the megalodon but because we killed the megalodon when like way after the megalodon was introduced way after the megalodon event we didn't get anything we're like we just had this like epic 25 minute battle against this giant shark and we get nothing (laughs) like no like shark teeth boots or like new sails or like nothing So it was really disappointing. And it's like, well, why am I doing this then if I'm not getting any kind of reward? And they finally heard that feedback. And now when you kill anything, even if it's the hundredth time you've killed a giant shark, then you still get like treasure chests and skulls. And, you know, like it drops loot now. Right. So everything that you do in the game, whether it's, you know, if I want to jump in as a pirate and hunt down the Kraken or the sharks or the skeleton crews, all of that is now going to give me rewards. So I'm not tied to doing those missions anymore. Mm -hmm. I can grind rep basically in whatever way that I want to. So I feel like that's much more of what they were originally aiming for with the game Mm -hmm. is basically be a pirate your way and you'll be rewarded.
1: So I'm curious, like the one thing I remember in that game, so the fog thing, first of all, sounds great because one of the things I remember when I, when I played it back at launch was that you you could see dicks on the horizon. You could see people coming on the horizon and being like, "Oh crap, they're gonna kill us!" Because that's a big ship. And I and I also remember playing with Josh, and we or I was playing with Evan. And we looked to our left, and I just remember in uh, just Evan saying like, "Well, those guys are probably gonna kill us, so we should turn around and run." But with yeah. fog, like you kind of you have that there's that surprise moment, but then you're also catching other people by surprise. And maybe there's like a stealth, you know, maybe you tell your, 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 your poop deck guys to like, maybe stop like playing their, you know, their accordion on the front <laughs> deck. Cause then someone can hear them. Like, I think, uh, that sounds great. But a question I have is have they looked to address the character creation? Cause I know that was a point of contention for a lot of folks. Like, do they still have the random pirate generator thing?
0: Um, I believe so, but they have changed a lot of the, like, once you actually get in-game, a lot of the stuff that you create as a character in the character creation, you can now change. So before, it was very much like whatever character you ended up with, then you could, you know, put shoes and boots on, but now you can, like, change the color of your hair and, and do a lot of things that you couldn't do previously, so... It's it is a lot better than it used to be in terms of character customizations. And they also changed a lot around the ship customization. So now it's not only your sails and your figurehead and the paint on your ship, as well as they obviously added a whole lot more variations of those three things. But now you can also change like the uh, decoration on the thing that you use to bring your anchor up and down, as Mm. well as the steering wheel of your ship. You can change that, too. And you can customize your cannons. So you mm. can basically change your entire ship now, which was a big thing for people. Is they were like, you know what? I'm putting in all this time. I'm grinding all these. My ship looks the same as everybody else. You know, in a game where cosmetics are supposed to be the reward, I don't feel rewarded enough. So so mm. I think they did, they did a very good job of listening to their community. And this was something that I found even, like, while we were doing shipwrecks and shanties and covering things like they were very active on the forums. They took things very seriously. They made a lot, they did a lot of changes and hot fixes and patches and things that addressed the, the issues that the community had. And as much as they said, because I think sometimes this can be a problem if a developer bows, it's actually, we saw it with We Happy Few. Mm-hmm. The developer had a vision. The community said, well, no, we want A, B, C, D, E, F, G things. And they went, well, okay, that actually makes We Happy Few an, ent- uh, an entirely different game, but okay, we'll we'll put in all of the bells and whistles that you guys say that you want, and in the end, they ended up with a mess. It was, it was just a total mess of the game. So I think a developer listening to the community too much can be problematic, but I think in the case of Sea of Thieves, the developer listened to the community just enough so that it was still their game and it was still their vision, but... Things that the community pointed out that the developer didn't necessarily see in testing. They were like, oh, yeah, no, uh, if this isn't fun for you, then here's a thing that we'll do to fix that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, oh, you don't think that there's enough hazards in the world? Well, you know, instead of one Megalodon per server, now there's five. Like, they very much, they, they did things that appeased the community without changing what Sea of Thieves was, it was this it, it, it was a very delicate balancing act. But I think they really pulled it off. And like I said, if you tried Sea of Thieves on launch, it's almost a different game now
1: hmm. in
0: in a good way, like the world feels full and populated and like fully realized and you can go and do whatever you want. And it like you can make alliances and crews now, which you couldn't do when the game originally launched. Granted, it's still PvP pirates, so Ryan and I could make an alliance and then I could go ha, 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 ha and break the alliance and shoot him in the back.
1: Uh, That's it's still a thing our that can happen. Jocelyn.
0: <laughs> har, 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 har. There it is, thank you. <laughs> yeah, much better. Um but yeah, it's definitely worth another look, and it's why it ended up on my list for games of the year this year, because it was it was a beautiful base of a game in Mm -hmm. march when it launched or in february when it launched i can't remember now but at the beginning of the year when it launched it was a beautiful base and they've really fleshed it out and it's worth a second look if you haven't played it since it launched and it's still available on game pass so if you've Mm -hmm. got the game pass again you could just you could jump right in for for free air quotes for free
1: yeah so it's it's
0: worth another look i think and Mm -hmm. i mean if um anybody wants to play i'll totally play with you <laughs> yeah so you could just uh
1: clip that you can out still put play it on
0: solo the... yeah R- you can still play solo but... oh yeah
1: for sure and uh that always was,
0: more fun with friends
1: oh the game is is way i tried to play by myself and i got lost so like playing with a friend is 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 essentially the way it, ha- it you should play this game it's the way i think it was designed in that yeah it was for sure. designed
0: to be a social game for sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's really so cool. So I think
0: that does it. That's that's our top five each experiences of games in 2018. And so I'm sure that you guys are gonna agree with some and not agree with others. Uh, I know my list I felt like was probably more eclectic than I thought. Like I I just I don't know. I feel like I I have games that nobody else has as games of the year this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: like the thing is. Uh, y- Sea of Thieves is one that that I think a lot of folks will be surprised, but again, like that's the beauty of of the way we've set up this type of episode is that these are our games, yeah, uh, our favorite games of twenty eighteen, and you know, for me, like a lot, I, I do feel a little you know bad that a lot of them are like the AAA. You're going to see them on a lot of these lists, but at the end of the day, it's it's what it's what I made time for. It's what I really enjoyed and. Um, I didn't play a lot of smaller games at least ones that really really captured me. It was a lot of big yeah, ones. Yeah, that's funny.
0: Normally normally I'm the big game person and you're the little yeah. indie title person and we totally like flip-flopped roles this year. I don't I don't know why, but
1: it, it was just a big year for big games and yeah. I, I I am notorious for not passing up like this list is like basically like essentially the first 3 is there's no way I would have I would have skipped on these. Like uh, they were just I'm one of those Gamers that I just I if something's big and bombastic and and it's getting really good reviews, that guy's like, well, I have to play this or it's going to be spoiled. Yeah. And I'm really glad, you know, God of War and Spider Man uh, was not spoiled for me uh super smash brothers not not much of a spoiler type game but yeah uh, it's not
0: it's not real i mean there is there is a a campaign and there's a story there but it's it's not uh it's not in depth the way god of war and spider-man were for sure
1: but there are moments in god of war and spider-man that are like and and in detroit as well that that you would not want to be spoiled for sure
0: uh, so wanted to remind everyone, you can go over to patreon.com slash gamers in if you like what we do here and throw us a couple of dollars per episode, you can also go join in the conversation over at bit.ly slash TGI discord, you can jump in with other fans and, and Ryan's in there quite often as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm in there, but let's be honest, Ryan does most of the typing.
1: You're in there. You were in there. You were talking about, uh... It's stuff. I can't remember what, what came up, but you had responded <laughs> you to somebody. about
0: the stuff and the things. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I I am in there. I am checking it all the time. But uh, yeah, Ryan is the more active of the two in those conversations. But anyways, again, patreon.com slash gamers in if you'd like to support the show. We have a patron ad this week from Simon who says Weekly News Desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week. You can join your two Knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. Find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. So we put the call out in our discord for mm-hmm. uh, games of the year from you guys. And uh, we got quite a few responses. So a um, couple of you guys, Green Fox and Opera, definitely agree with Ryan on the God of War front, which I thought was really cool. Um, nobody, nobody puts Sea of Thieves in, though. I just, I don't understand. Siv <laughs> didn't, didn't get his list in. Yeah, Siv didn't get his list in on time. <laughs> <laughs> I still I don't think Civ would have put Sea of Thieves on his oh. list. He I I feel like he wanted Sea of Thieves to just be a different game. Actually, I think he wanted Sea of Thieves to be Atlas. He's super stoked about Atlas oh. coming out. I think so out it today. was supposed to come. It was supposed to come out yesterday, but then oh. uh, got delayed until Friday. So oh, okay. that's always good when your early access gets delayed. Yeah, those are good signs. It
1: already got delayed to yeah. like. Uh it already got delayed to from like last friday i think so it's it's about a couple weeks old yeah
0: yeah so uh, i guess yes maybe servers aren't stable or something i'm not really sure but uh but anyway so yeah green fox and opera thank you so much for writing in for god of war opera also wrote in for persona 5. Mm -hmm. was that this year i thought it was last year
1: it was last year i i think when i when i did the call out for sure i had mentioned like what games did you play the, uh, ah, this year that were that made a big impact in in your gaming life and i think persona because five, persona is
0: 5 that was a big one last year i know we talked about it a couple times yeah. and i feel like was might have actually been
1: josh Jim's, i think was big into it and jim as yeah, well yeah
0: jim yeah jim or josh or both were uh were very big into it last year and and it was up on their list for for games of 2017 so uh, <laughs> Opera's in the chat room right now cheat. saying he cheated. He didn't cheat. I was just kid- I wanted to make sure that I had all my facts correct. That's all upfront. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, I, I know uh, Persona 5 still is a title I haven't played, but I've heard such great things about that, you know, maybe again, I need to watch the sales. I feel like I'm going to have a sh- shopping list at the end of this episode
1: well yeah i'm uh with persona 5's main character joker i guess getting announced as smash brothers dlc i'm kind of holding out hope for a switch port so i might wait Mm. for it to come out on switch but we'll see uh
0: and then we also had a uh super smash brothers ultimate and uh pokemon go write-ins from whirlwind so uh again pokemon go i can see that like with the with the friends update this year i can see like it got more onto my radar again because it was a title that i had you know jumped on when it first came out but then fell off of and it's very much one that i that kind of comes and goes and i like to do when i travel i don't know why but i just like when i go somewhere new i'm like oh yeah i have to see if there's like a pokemon gym here at my hotel and stuff so i did a lot of traveling this year and whirlwind i agree at pokemon go is definitely something that i played more of in 2018 than probably 2017
1: yeah the the background uh, activity stuff has been uh, a big change
0: for oh me. yeah that was the other big thing is that mm-hmm. yeah it's uh you can use like for me so i'm on android so i use my like google fit tracking or whatever and then i love opening my app and it being like you walked 10 kilometers i'm like yes I sure get it. did <laughs> yeah but i don't have to have pokemon go open in the background awesome awesome update for sure (laughs) it makes me feel so much more accomplished (laughs) yeah
1: like the game is like reminding me every couple days that i've walked a a crazy long distance like great stuff man um
0: and then we had another switch title written in this is one that i mentioned that i think it came out in december of last year but xenoblade chronicles 2 on switch was on uh, babylon redeemer's list of experiences for 2018 and i have to agree i loved that game i mm-hmm. still haven't played it all the way through but i've played a significant chunk of it and i really really liked it which is funny because like i never got into xenoblade chronicles but this one for whatever reason is just so good i mm-hmm. i enjoyed the crap out of this
1: i remember at the start of this year thinking now thinking back to what i was playing in january i remember in january we were talking about xenoblade chronicles too, and it was like oh yeah, I'm going to, we're going to finish the game. We're going to talk about it. We're going to do a spoiler episode. And it's just such a huge game. It's huge. Yeah. (laughs) It's really tough to stick with it. And I'm actually toying with the idea of just like, maybe like if I'm not going to be able to get back into the main game, checking out the DLC, which is a whole new story set as a prequel to the game and just doing that one instead of trying to figure out where I am in the main game, just kind of like, no Uh, rather than starting from scratch i will start this new story within the same mechanics of the game but i haven't quite pulled the trigger on that yet but i'm toying with it but i could probably just it would be a learning curve but i could probably jump back into xenoblade chronicles 2 and try to figure it out Mm -hmm. I just haven't had the time to to really try that. The
0: other thing is that I have so many games that are very much like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 that I already own that I really want to play through, but I just haven't been able to find the time. And I'm like, how can I justify buying God of War and Assassin's Creed Odyssey when I have Mm -hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles sitting there unfinished? Like, no, Jocelyn. Play your library, damn it!
1: <laughs> well, you should play your library, damn it!
0: That is that is how I am feeling. That is definitely how I'm feeling. Um, <laughs> Babylon Redeemer also mentioned a game that um, wouldn't necessarily be on my list because I feel like it's had a lot of its own problems. But um, Battle mm. for Azeroth did get did get a Game of the Year mention from Babylon Redeemer. So um, Battle for Azeroth, if you guys aren't aware, is the newest World of Warcraft expansion launched in August, and uh, it had a very interesting raid I really did enjoy the raid this time around I'm a little bit sick of it now but we've also like we beat the raid in the first couple weeks so but I thought it had um really interesting mechanics to the raiding and the uh what did it for me that made me like not quite like it so much was um I felt that the the story was good in terms of like the the story that you experienced on Zandalar was interesting, but it didn't really tie into the larger faction war. And so the idea of the factions going to war, just that idea always felt fell flat to me. So I am not in love with battle for Azeroth, which I find really funny because yes, I do do a war, world of Warcraft podcast, but um, I, yeah, it still might get there put it that way still might get there (laughs) yeah
1: i once i once again like jumped in when it launched and and... fell
0: off (laughs) well
1: the thing is like i think i'm starting to realize that world of warcraft isn't the game for me anymore in that uh and and mainly it's just the rising cost you know like Mm. it's it was a hundred dollars to to play this expansion that was the the expansion and the new canadian pricing and then also the month subscription and the new canadian pricing it was a 100 bucks and i played for but i played for a month and then at the end of that month i was like i think i got to the point where i would have had to like grind up a bunch of gear then have a pre-made together to do this dungeon i was like no i i have to stop and and i think like There were interesting things they were showcasing, but the story was just kind of like, I can experience this from a wiki in YouTube. I don't think I have the time to invest into this just to get, like, the newest cutscene that they're going to put out on YouTube, like, as soon as the patch, you know, a day or two after the patch goes live. So um, it, it just didn't, it didn't, you know, hold me as much as the last expansion did, you know. Um, I think with Warlords, I stuck with it a lot longer and, and uh, at least had an intention to jump back in. But with Battle for Azeroth, I just I can't do it.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Understandable, dude. Understandable. Uh, so that brings me to the biggest list that we got this year. And I will admit that I recognize only two titles on this list. And mm-hmm. the only reason that I recognize the second title is it was uh, Jeff Canata, one of Jeff Canada's picks as well. So I literally just learned of this, um, this game yesterday, but uh, Jim wrote in with uh, eight titles that he thought were worthy of being on a game of the year list this year. So Tales of Berseria.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a Tales game. So it's a it's a Japanese RPG. Uh, I think it came out maybe late last year maybe mid last year. I, I can't really remember. But yeah, it's a it's a Japanese RPG, and, and I know Jim was all over it. He was he was talking about it on Twitter a lot. So um, no surprise this is on his, his list for sure. Yeah,
0: this is very much straight up his alley, I think. Uh, number two on his list was Beat Saber, which I don't know what that is
1: either. Be- Beat Saber is uh, a, a VR game, and ah. I've actually played it. It is a game changer with, with VR, where you're wearing... So you picture this, you, you are a Jedi with two lightsabers. And instead of just like Guitar Hero, you are, you are doing a rhythm game, but with lightsabers and there are little, like little squares that come towards you and you have to slice them. It is phenomenal. And the only problem with the game is that there just aren't enough songs in it. There's like 15 songs and you blow through them pretty quick. Um, Mm -hmm. I know Jim picked up a PSVR and a couple of these games on here are, are, uh, Thanks to that PSVR that he picked up on sale, and yeah, it's it's honestly a game that sells VR, but like it still doesn't quite puncture through that price issue. Where if you have a PS4, it's I think like two to three hundred dollars for the headset and a couple games. But if you're looking to play it on the Rift, like you're looking at a computer and then like the six hundred dollars setup, like it's it's an expensive endeavor for a twenty dollar game with fifteen songs. But yes, it's a great game.
0: Exactly. Uh, and that's always been my issue with getting into VR. First of all, like, I don't want to play a lot of the, like, VR experiences. Even uh, Subnautica, which is supported, I don't think, on PlayStation VR, but definitely, mm. like, on the PC uh, supports VR. And, I like, I don't want to be that immersed in my games. And it's, like, as much as I maybe want to try it, it's that huge price point that like, mm-hmm. even I looked into getting a PlayStation VR because Matt was really uh, interested in just VR in general and wanted to give it a shot. And I like, I looked at that, I looked at the Oculus and everything. And you're right. Like it's a huge, huge, huge investment. And then it's like, what if it makes me sick? What if I really don't like it? What if mm-hmm. this, you know, whole immersion thing just falls flat on its face? Like I, that's a lot of money to spend on something like that. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I think because there's another one on his list it's number four on his list astrobot rescue mission and this is the one that i was saying that this i recognize this because um of jeff's list yesterday but this is another vr one right that yeah. uh, very much was um i think the the way that jeff described it was like the most fun he's had in a video game this year and oh, wow. if it had if it was mario instead of like playstation that it would have been everyone's game of the year it's just that it kind of flew under the radar.
1: Oh, well, this yeah, it's a, a PSVR exclusive, uh, yeah. So it's a Sony game. I I've heard the same things. Uh, I know Jeff's been raving about it on Twitter,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, I kind of I kind of wish I had a VR a PSVR to try it because it sounds like it's a great a great game. And yeah, it's unfortunate it's stuck in a platform that is kind of. It's very, it's very niche, like, but it is the least expensive way to get into VR. So it's got that going for it.
0: Very, very true. So uh, I, I skipped over just because we were talking about VR, but I skipped mm-hmm. over Jim's third choice, which was uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2. Yeah. There's another Yakuza title. Yakuza 6 is on Jim's list as well. And again, like this right it's up jim's gym alley yeah. yeah this is it, this is totally a gym list it would not what we be asked for <laughs> it, it is
1: and honestly like i i kind of stole this off twitter so he wasn't even putting i did ask i just hey is it cool if we include this on the show but um he was he was doing his personal list and it would not be a gym list without a yakuza title and i and i think next year uh it will be no different for sure
0: yeah <laughs> uh he also did have assassin's creed odyssey on his list obviously so um this is one that ryan had on his list as mm-hmm. well uh, and so we've already talked about Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but uh, again, yeah, we'll probably try to find that on some kind of sale because everyone's been just raving about yeah, it's good. this year's Assassin's Creed. Uh, he also had Florence on his list. So Florence is one that I, again, have not heard of at all. <laughs> yeah. Have you, are you aware
1: of Florence? I've seen it pop up. It's an I I've seen it in the iOS app store. Uh, it's a mobile game from what I can tell. And it's I think it's more of a more of a story game uh but yeah it's really cool
0: Mm -hmm. and then uh finally he had overload on his list so it's a first person shooter which is um it's it looks like it's on playstation windows xbox one like it's all over the place and uh yeah i don't know again like i haven't seen this one before but it like looking at it now like i I just googled it to look at the like the art and the logo and stuff and like it looks familiar but Mm. i don't like remember like it never registered for me i guess i don't know have you have you had a chance to play overload
1: no uh i haven't and honestly like it was i saw it on this list and i'm like it sounds like a game you might have played like we might have played or saw but uh then then i thought like no it wasn't called overlord overload. So I've never I never really I've never really heard of it. And and yeah. this is the thing about about Jim's list is like if you remember last year, he put Doki Doki <laughs> Literature Club yes, on Yeah, Literature
0: here. Club. <laughs>
1: and I, did we both play it? I I'm try- I
0: so I bought it but I never actually played I haven't played through it yet, but oh. I know you did and you what it you said it was disturbing? Was it's that- super
1: <laughs> disturbing. It's a very disturbing game, and there's some there's some stuff in it that is like, yeah, the warnings that pop up for that game you you should definitely obey. Uh, and it's like it's weird. It's a hard game. To, it was a hard game. To, I know it was a hard game for him to recommend because it kind of, and it was a hard game for me to recommend because it kind of feels like you're you're tricking you're tricking your friend into playing this game that is going to scar them. Uh, and, but yeah, I don't think overload is that though, but maybe, maybe this is the gym game that we need to play.
0: Mm -hmm. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like that gym always comes up with these awesome lists of these way out there titles that Mm -hmm. most of the time I haven't even heard of. So, but I generally, whenever I play like a gym stamp of approval, Game I usually end up enjoying it, so I'll have to take a look at these. And I, I love that the the main like AAA title on his list was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So again, feel like Jim stamp of approval. I need to go play that game. So thank you guys so much for uh, sending in all of your games of the year for 2018. We really appreciate it. Uh, that's pretty much gonna do it for us tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. A uh, remind, uh, reminder, if you guys have your games of the year, we're always over in Discord, uh, bit.ly slash TGI Discord, if you guys want to talk to us in between when we do our recordings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love all you guys. Thank you guys for being so great to us over the past year. Uh, we really, really do appreciate it. And I guess we'll see you guys in 2019. So if you'd like to visit us on the web, you can do so at gamersinpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter. You can follow me, Jocelyn. I'm at Plays. Brian is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at the In. The video versions of all our episodes are streamed on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Twitch.tv TheGamersIn and are available after the fact over on Twitch. And if you'd like to email the show and let us know what your lists are for 2018, please do so at info at GamersInPodcast.com. Thanks for staying at gamers And remember, tune in next week. Well, I guess not next week, but, you know, no. two weeks from now. Yeah, we're holiday. taking a week off. Yay.